0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today's subject is predestination. Boy, has this one been taken wild and made things out of it. It's so simple, according to the Word of God, that God has a will for you and a plan for your destiny for the rest of your life. Join me together, let's go to the Word of God.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Welcome
0: again to Student of the Word. We have been studying the past number of lessons on eight different words found in the New Testament. I call these doctrines, but really it's theology simplified, words that seem big, but we're going to explain the definition. We've had four up until now. Today we're taking up the doctrine of predestination, which also ties in with election. We'll be mentioning election day, but next lesson we'll study election all by itself. But before we even get into predestination, which is so misunderstood today, I mean, there's all types of heavy theology that God forces you to get saved or not saved, that God makes you get saved and you have no choice in it. No, this has nothing to do right here with the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is a great doctrine found in many places in the word of God, but not attached to the new birth. The new birth is whosoever will may come. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But to help you understand, I'm going to lay out something that once you see this, you'll go, oh, I understand. And then we'll get into predestination. Some simple questions. First of all, did God create the evil in Satan? The answer is no. That's obvious. Did God create the rejection and the fall of Adam and Eve? No, he warned them ahead of time what not to do, but they chose. So their rejection and their fall was their fault. Did God create the evil that led to the flood of Noah? The answer is absolutely not. People chose to turn against God. God had a plan, and that came through Noah and the ark. Next of all, did God create the sexual lusts and the sins in Sodom and Gomorrah? The answer is no. Did God create sin, sickness, poverty, or lust that's in people today that causes them to sin or drives them towards sin? The answer is obviously no. But did God know ahead of time these events would happen? The answer is yes, because he's omniscient. He knows everything. Did God have an answer for them? And the and the next question is, but when did he have an answer? Of course God had an answer for them. But listen to me, it wasn't just before it all happened he threw a plan together. God had a plan before the foundation of the world. This is when his answer came. In the future, will God create Antichrist? He may already be here in the earth now, but will God create Antichrist? The answer is no. Will God create the union of nations that come together to destroy Israel? The answer is no. Does God know ahead of time that these problems will come and what they will cause? The answer is yes. Does God have an answer for all this? The answer is yes. When did he have an answer? Before the foundation of the world. That's why it's found in the word of God. Do you realize that it's found in the Bible thousands of years before it even takes place. God announces what's going to happen, but he announces ahead of time. He doesn't cause it, even announces Satan's going to cause it. And what character of God backs Bible prophecy? Foreknowledge. It's so simple. All of this is found in God's foreknowledge. Does God make you sin? Does God make you sick? Does God steal your money from you? The answer is no, Satan comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. Does God know every problem and every success you're going to have in your life? The answer is yes. Does God have answers for every problem you'll have? Yes. When did he before the foundation of the world? Because God knew ahead of time, long before he met, uh, made man, what his problems would be. Does God know ahead of time if you will receive his son, Jesus Christ, and be saved? The answer is yes. He's not dumb. He knows, can look down the, the pike of time and see when that's going to happen. When did he know? Before the foundation of the world. When did the Godhead create the plan of redemption? Before the foundation of the world. When there was no angels here, no universe here, no earth here. When there was only the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they drew up a plan at a time period when there was no one around but them. Why did God create the plan of redemption? The purpose was God plans deliverance before problems come along because he's God. Has God been faithful to perform the plans to correct the problems that have happened in your life? The answer is yes. Will he be faithful to perform the plans to correct the problems yet to come? The answer is, of course, obviously yes. This is the whole thing of God. Now that you understand that all these things that happen, God knows them ahead of time, good things and bad things, that God has answers and even announces when the bad things come how people can get out of it, including hell and the lake of fire that had the plan of redemption before the foundation. Why did God have a plan of redemption before the foundation of the world? It's because Satan would sin and mankind would sin and God simply wanted an answer so he doesn't have to scramble for one whenever problems come along. There's not one problem in your life that can happen that God turns to Jesus and said, I didn't know this was going to happen. Jesus says, don't look at me. Ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, don't look at me. You guys come up with a problem. I just show it to them. You're the one that comes up with the answers. I'm the one that just shows it to people. Let's talk about predestination. The Greek word for predestination is proorizo. The word means to design or plan ahead of time. Predestination is the work of God the Father in eternity past, on behalf of every believer to execute God's plan for their life. Election and predestination are tied together. I'll mention it a few times here, but we're going to study election by itself next time. Predestination and election are two inseparable doctrines. They both originate from the will of God. Election is God's plan for you at salvation, but predestination is God's plan for you after salvation for the rest of your life and all the way into eternity. Both are found together. Not always, but sometimes they are. Ephesians chapter one, verses four and five. Verse four talks about election. Verse five talks about predestination. Just as he chose us, and this is the word for election, just as he elected us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him, this is the new birth. Verse five now starts our life after this. In love, having predestined us to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, it simply says he wanted to predestine us and has given us a destiny that started at the new birth and goes all the way through this lifetime. Nothing can steal it. No devil can steal it. Satan can't steal it. And then carries us right on into eternity. So it comes back to this foreknowledge is the foundation for both election and predestination, God seeing ahead of time the problems we would face, making the answer before it ever gets there, and us having a choice, and God even being able to tell us ahead of time some things are going to come. Some things are found in the word of God that we're going to face, general things, but specific things, we can come across them and know something. This took me by surprise, but it never took God by surprise. God saw it coming, and somewhere in the midst of all this, the way of escape was here before the problem ever came along. Wow. Psalm 139, verses 16 through 19. Your eyes saw my substance before being born. And in your book, all my days were written, which is in continuance, were fashioned. In other words, you predestined this. When as yet there was none of them, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Surely you will slay the wicked. Oh God, depart from me. Therefore you bloody men. He simply says, every problem I'm going to face, every trial I'm going to face, even every time I come close to death, you're going to take care of me. And how many of us as Christians can look back on the time we came so close to death and God preserved us. In fact, we're going to even find out in heaven, things we didn't know That we came across that God worked behind the scenes and caused them again to be taken care of. Bible prophecy is an example of predestination, just as I brought it out. God does not do things out of sovereignty, outside of our will. Some things, yes. There are the gifts of the Spirit, which the Holy Spirit divides to every man severally as He wills. I can't choose which gifts I operate in. The office I stand in. God the Father has placed me in the body of Christ as it has pleased Him. And when it comes to end time events, the disciples asked Jesus, are you gonna restore the kingdom to Israel at this time Acts chapter one, verses six and seven. And Jesus said, no, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which are in my father's hands. So when it comes to end times, that's a sovereignty of God. But in our daily life, I'm simply telling you, That God simply ahead of time knows what's going to happen, and God does many things through sovereignty outside of our will, but God does not create problems and then create answers. God knows who creates the problems. He's the one that brings the answers. God is not the problem creator, then the problem solver. No, God is the one who creates the answers. Satan is the one. We're the ones. Our flesh is the one. The world system is the one that causes our problems. God does not create evil so he can solve it. God doesn't create sin, sickness, and evil in world events so he can solve them. Evil comes from Satan, the world, and the flesh. But God has plans to solve what he knows is coming. God doesn't create problems, but God does create the answers. Ultimate power, listen to this, ultimate power is not omnipotence. Ultimate power is omniscience. If you can know everything, every cause, every effect, every problem, every answer coming in the world, did you know what? That's ultimate power. Because here's the point. Satan doesn't have that. Satan has a tremendous amount of power. And he has demons and all types of powers from hell. And yes, God's power is greater. But God has something no one else has not even the devil, not any demon, and not any Christian, and that is omniscience. God knows everything. All three members of the Godhead know every single problem and every single answer, every single decision, every thought you're going to have, every action against somebody else, and their reaction against every cause and every effect throughout all of eternity, and God has known that since the foundation of the world now, perhaps you can begin to understand predestination. Let's take a look at Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse 29 and 30. And here we have it so laid out so interestingly and so beautifully. Look at the opening phrase of Romans eight twenty-nine: for whom he did foreknow, for whom he foreknew. I mean, if you're gonna put it in that respect, look at this from whatever translation you have. For whom he foreknew, those he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, what's this verse saying? The ones that God knew would receive him, he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. God has a plan for every person that receives him and that plan was ordained before the foundation of the world. What is that plan? That Jesus Christ might be the firstborn among many brethren. God's plan when Jesus rose from the dead was one day Bob would join Jesus and one day Mary would join Jesus and you, whatever your name is, you can say it out right now, God knew ahead of time you were going to get saved, and he now has conformed you to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. This is the word election. Whom he called, those he justified, and whom he justified, those he also glorified. Predestination is God's plan for you. Foreknowledge is the reason of God's plan for you. Foreknowledge is the foundation of predestination and election. In other words, instead of just looking at predestination by itself, understand something. Whom He did foreknow, those He did predestine. The foundation of predestination is God's foreknowledge ahead of time. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the student's favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all that covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today, in the congregation, this is designed for you too. If you can't take this sermon, go home and meditate on it, and then the next morning prepare a tuna fish sandwich for your children to go to school, then I missed the point today. The word of God is not difficult. Even the Greek and the Hebrew were written on a third or fourth grade level where people can understand it. So that's what this is for. So, you know, this book will help and bless you tremendously as a person, as a a convert and as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you teach a Bible class, if you teach a home cell group or you're a pastor of a church or whatever, this book is for everybody and it's gonna greatly bless you. So I know you're going to be blessed by getting this book and again, by growing in the things of God. So this book is available, $15. Go to my website, BobYandian.com, And there you can purchase a copy of yourself. You might be saying, well, $15 sounds like a lot for a book. You'd pay that for a gourmet burger and an order of fries and a Coke after it's all over, and that meal would last you maybe two or three hours, you'd be hungry again. This will feed you for a lifetime. You can read it over and over again, hand it on to your children. It will continue to feed them. And once you get it, one revelation, you'll say, wow, it was certainly worth the $15. So again, go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself.
1: Blessings upon blessings to you.
0: Let's look at those two verses again. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called. In other words, God saw us, knew that we were going to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then formed a plan for us called predestination. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Here is predestination. Election comes first. And uh, let's go back to my testimony for just a moment. I was five years old when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Me, my sister, and one of my best friends. I was five, my sister was four, and my other friend was three years old. And we all went to vacation Bible school together. You say, can a three-year-old get born again? Well, he did that week. The very week I got born again at five, my sister received Jesus at four years old, and my friend David received him at three years old. He's used that testimony ever since. He said, don't tell me a three-year-old can't get saved and they don't understand I completely understood what I was doing, and now he has a worldwide ministry. So again, thank God for that. But listen, when I when I knelt there, and the pastor's wife knelt knelt next to me, and we went to the altars. In those days, churches had altars, you know, wood up there in front. And we I bowed at it, and she led me in a sinner's prayer, and I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Do you think God looked at Jesus and said, "Whoa, Bob's electing Bobby"? Bobby's getting born again. I think we ought to throw a plan together for him so they scramble and make a plan for me. No, I entered into a plan that God had in motion before the foundation of the world. All right, God was simply waiting for me to do my part, receive him as Lord and Savior, but he knew ahead of time what I was going to do. So he already had, listen, he had salvation prepared for me to be for me to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in my lifetime. And then he also had a plan for me throughout all of eternity. All that started when I said yes to Jesus Christ. Did God make me get saved? No, it was my choice but God knew I was going to get saved by his foreknowledge before the foundation of the world, just like he knows Antichrist is going to come, but didn't make Antichrist. And just like he knows people are going to receive him as Lord and Savior, but does not make them receive? But he knows ahead of time. And what is this simply pointing out? Look at the end of verse 30. It says here, those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. God had a calling on my life before I was ever born again and before I was even born. And my calling was actually formed in me, inside me and my mom's womb. And this is what Paul said in Galatians. He said, I was called from my mother's womb. But he also goes on to say, I was justified. God saw me justified before the foundation of the world, even before I received my justification. And so again, God didn't throw a plan for my life together when I got saved, the plan was was already there, God simply put, I was simply put into it and I begin to walk day by day in God's plan. Have I ever missed it since that time? Yes. But God has every type of plan for me to get back into his plan. If I mess up plan A, he has plan B. If I mess up plan B, he has plan C. And I'm, you say, yeah, but I've made so many plans, you know, missed so many plans. I think I've run out of the alphabet. Well, God can come back to double A and start all over again. You understand God has more ways of getting you back into his will than you have ways to fall and get out of God's will. Of course, it simply takes your choice to do so, but this is what God simply has planned. All this was planned before the foundation of the world. So he justified me and those he justified, look at this next statement, those he also glorified. You know what glorified is? It's a resurrection body. And when was this seen? Before the foundation of the world. Notice, I, re- I got saved. I received his calling. I was justified. But on top of that, God already sees me as glorified. You know what that means? He sees me a million years from now in heaven, a billion years from now in heaven, in a glorified body standing before the throne with millions upon millions of saints praising God. He sees that now. What does that mean? If I understand he's taking care of every past problem and every present problem, what does that mean? He's going to take care of the problem I have right now. On top of that, he's going to take care of the next problem I'm going to face. And the next one, why? Because he already sees me in heaven a billion years from now in a glorified body. So apparently I'm gonna make it through this problem. And the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I can stand there in the midst of everything and say, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. So God knew I would accept Jesus at five years old, had a plan for me, but I didn't enter it until I decided to receive Jesus, and the moment I did, I entered into God's plan for me from the foundation of the world, and He has a plan for me to succeed every single day. If I don't choose it, then I don't succeed, but He has a plan for it, and if I fail that day, He has a plan for me to come back. It's simply 1 John 1, 9. If I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Election is the same way, according to God's foreknowledge. 1 Peter 1, 2, elect. According to the foreknowledge of God, the father in sanctification of the spirit, that's the new birth for obedience. That's walking with him afterwards. A sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ handles me whenever I miss it. God, God simply says, come to me and I'll cleanse you by the blood of Jesus. Even as a Christian, he'll take care of those sins. So I came and accepted Jesus as a sinner. And now if I sin as a Christian, he still has ways to get rid of that sin in my life. Look at John chapter six. I'm going to give you just a moment to turn there. John chapter 6, take a look at verses 64 and verse 65, and this lays it out so well. Here, Jesus is speaking and says, there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus said that. There's some of you out there that do not believe and will not believe. Why? For Jesus knew from the beginning, the beginning of what? The beginning of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and even who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it's been granted to him by the father. Which ones have been granted by the Father to receive Jesus? Those that he knows will accept him as Lord and Savior. Again, he knew who would believe him and believe in him, but he did not cause it to happen. Didn't make you get born again. He knew Judas would betray him, but he didn't make Judas betray him. Judas chose to betray him because of the pushing and the seduction of Satan himself. God grants salvation to those he knows will believe. If God said yes to one and no to another just because he flips a coin, again, we come back to it. Some say, well, that's just really the sovereignty of God. I don't know why God wants says that one is going to be saved or this one is saved, this one's not, and I'm going to save this one, but I'm not going to save that one. We act like God flips a coin and heads you win and tails you lose. But I'm saying this again. If that was true and God just randomly chose one person and randomly chose somebody else and had nothing to do with their future choice choices, then it comes back to this. If God said yes to one and no to another, there must be something in you that would cause God to say yes to you and no to me. But there's nothing in us. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We are all stinking sepulchers in God's nostrils. This is what the Bible says. And in John 21 and verse 17, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. This is the foundation for it. I'm here to let you know if there was something good in you that wasn't in me, then the Bible's wrong because it said there's nothing good in any of us. There's no reason to choose us. So listen, God's choice was not on my goodness. God's choice was on my choice to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and savior. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse 13 says this. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning elected you, chose you for salvation. How? By sanctification of the spirit and by belief in the truth. The Holy Spirit moved into me the moment I believed the truth and God's plan of predestination came into being. It also comes back to this. If I'm predestined by God to go to heaven, that doesn't mean the unbeliever is predestined by God to go to hell. No, I chose to receive Jesus. Therefore, God chose a plan for me before the foundation of the world. But whenever an unbeliever says no to Jesus, it's not the fact here that God doesn't have a plan for him. It's the fact he's falling back on his own plan. There is no reason for him to have a plan from God. In other words, believers are predestined, but unbelievers are not predestined. A believer is predestined because I chose God's plan for my life, but an unbeliever is not predestined to go to hell. He chose to go there himself and it's simply saying here, he's going to go to hell because he chose to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I chose God's plan. A sinner falls back on his own plan. How many times have you witnessed to somebody and they'll simply tell you, well, I, I listen, this is what I think. And they'll tell you what they think. And I, I I ask them, are you willing to gamble your whole eternity on your own opinion? And most of them just poo-poo me and off them yeah and and the point of it is, that's exactly what they're doing. Look at look at John chapter 3 and verse 36. In John 3, 36, "'He who believes in him is not condemned, "'but he who does not believe is condemned already "'because he has not believed in the name "'of the only begotten Son of God.'" A person who does not believe in Jesus Christ is condemned already because he has fallen back on his own plan. And his own plan is, I think I can go to heaven and be okay because of my good works. Look at verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God already abides on him. Why does the wrath of God abide on an unbeliever? Because he believed not. But why does the wrath of God not abide on me? Because I believed in Jesus. In other words, it comes down to my choice, choice for him and another person's choice against him. It's all based on the choice. God's foundation of predestination to get his foreknowledge. He knows the free will choice of every person. He has a plan for every person who accepts Jesus, but the antithesis does not exist. God does not predestine sinners to hell. They sentence themselves there by their own choice. The biblical concept of predestination doesn't conflict with human will, but rather it emphasizes human will. God is not willing that any should perish. This is unlimited atonement. Jesus died for the sins of everybody and then gives everybody an opportunity to repent, just like he announced that the flood was coming and gave everybody an opportunity to repent, and eight people did. Eight people went into the ark and were, and were spared from that time. On top of that, there's Coming a time of the tribulation, and during the tribulations, God's gonna announce to the whole world by preachers preaching everywhere from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation, preaching around the world of Jesus Christ. He's gonna announce, in fact, announced ahead of time in the Word of God, thousands of years ahead of time, what was going to happen, and people will have an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Only the believer has a destiny, the unbeliever doesn't. You know, when my wife offers a party, and she gives that party. She sends out cards and has RSVP at the bottom. You know what RSVP means? Respond Responde see play. It means tell me if you're coming or not. And here's the point, that way she knows how many tables, I mean, how many chairs to set out, how many plates to set out, and even to put name tags out there. And if, she, if you didn't send back a response, if you said, said no or you didn't respond at all, you don't have anything there. By not responding, what you said is I've got my own plans. Well, what if my wife was omniscient and knew who would say yes and who would say no? That's God. God knows ahead of time who's gonna say yes and who's gonna say no, and there'll be the exact number of plates with even the names on them at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So you know what? We'll all be there, and we'll be there because we said yes to Jesus Christ.
1: You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com.